shining a beacon on the bazaar. Come here, I've got a monster on the line. I'm coming, I'm coming, I've got the nets, I've got like a yeah. boat hook, I've got everything. Right, you need to get behind me. Jesus, what, man, what it's massive. Look at that, I'm going to haul this in now. Mate, is mate, is that sh that's a shark or something? What is it? I don't know, it's, it's an evil beast and it's giving up a massive plate. Oh, bloody hell. Oh, I took a bit of wine, didn't you? Come on, Arky, don't break the line. It can't, it's piano wire anyway, isn't it? It's yeah. not going to oh, break. This, this is the thing, you've got to have the steel wire for these, for these sort of monsters. Jesus, we've never had one this big, man. That is a shark, that should be in our waters. Oh, that's the thing, you see. You've got weird things floating around now these days, oh, mate. You know, global warming. Oh, get the net ready. Lad. Get the ready. I think you've got to go to the net. I'm going for a boat hook or something. I'm going to get the yeah, I've got a second. Yeah. Oh, why is it covered in fucking sweet corn? <laughs> Uh, oh my oh god, man, what's what, that? Uh, what's that come out? Oh, it's a giant up. turd. I had sweet corn last night, man. Oh, what? I did have a bit of an effort earlier, a bit of a lay. Oh, mate, so it, we've just spent the last quarter of an hour hauling in your massive <laughs> turd. What's it doing in sea? <laughs> well, it were a four flusher. That's where it goes, that fucking uh, lighthouse. A four flusher? <laughs> a four flusher. You go straight down poop pipe into the sea. <laughs> look, at, look at breather rings on it. <laughs> Birds, mate. Wow, it's swollen up a bit. Is that with water? It wasn't that big. Oh, let's get it back in. Let's oh, go. Jesus, it stinks. I feel like you have to sort of like we're before launching it, have to smash a champagne bottle on it. <laughs> you could get a little baby sham. I bet you'd break on it. I Jesus. bet you would look at it. It's a monster. Oh, it's it? floating off. Oh, there oh, it goes. Tim, I bet you missed that, don't oh, you? Oh, I don't. Fucking hell, seagulls are having a real day. Dirty bastards. That's sweet corn. I like it, don't they? <laughs> Oof, God, I feel a bit, a bit tired out. I'm looking oh, at that. Yeah, that's not pleasant, is it? Well, we shouldn't be polluting the waterways of Kraken Cove. Oh, no. This is the podcast that shines a beacon on the bazaar. And I'm Matt. And I'm Benny. And we're here to tell you all sorts of strange stories and haul some mysterious <laughs> oddnesses from the deeps. <laughs> no more of that. Absolutely vile. God, I want to wash my hands. I think what we need to do, we need to see what's good in the sea, what's and not what's bad in the sea. We yeah, need, to be, we need yeah. to be a bit more careful with the environment. Yeah. Although it looks to me like that massive turd is going to feed most of the sea, <laughs> sea creatures for the next <laughs> week and a half. Chow down, boys. <laughs> my little light out into the sea I think that's where we'll start off you know because it's been a bit of an interesting news story this week in that um the, a Bournemouth beach is closed after a large animal spotted in the sea animal like a cow <laughs> big cow seen in sea <laughs> yeah. oh in a swim can cows swim yeah can they yeah but that's cute I wouldn't say cute. Yeah. I know, I know. There's quite a few um, like islands, like out in the Pacific and stuff like that, where the, the a lot of the piggies have started swimming. <laughs> because what happened was well, pigs were introduced to a lot of these islands by sailors, right. and the reason is they'd sort of like free a load of pigs and then they'd come back in another year and there'd be dozens and dozens of pigs yeah. and they'd have something to eat. Sort no, of that's a good idea. 
Well, it was kind of a good idea. It happened on Hawaii, that. Yeah. Uh, uh, and but the thing is, that animal then, because pigs are just they just root everything up, rip yeah, everything yeah. to bits, eat everything, and they destroyed loads of sort of like uh, and made other animals go extinct on wow, those islands. Pigs, Pig, pigs are very, very resourceful and wow. very hardy creatures. Yeah. So that's what they did. They just smashed everything up and ate things out of nests and sort of <laughs> ruffled in a truffle. Uh, ruffled in a truffle. Yeah, indeed, <laughs> they did. But the thing is, the policy then you see on a Hawaii, in Hawaii. What they started doing then, um, obviously they like to eat all the pork, eating pigs yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. And same as certain animals as well, like goats, which they wanted to get rid of. They hunt them with helicopters. Wow! <laughs> yeah. They don't mess about. What's about the, your film footage is quite amazing. Just in sort of like that, out in a helicopter, and there's a guy with a high powered rifle just whizzing around, shooting them off of mountains and stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Well, a novel way of doing things. Yeah. But I don't think it's a pigs or goats that are in the sea around here, around uh, these parts. You know, because although marine animals. Marine like, animals. Uh, this is a BBC news story. It says beachgoers were evacuated from the sea after reports of a large marine animal in the water. Whoa. Now all I can imagine is like Chief Brody running around and down the road, get out of the water, get out of the water, blowing his whistle and carrying it on. Nice head, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> and it said that the, um, yes, yeah, so like life, the lifeguards instructed swimmers to leave the sea while they scanned the water on Wednesday, right? Wow, we held doctors in. Um, no, I think they've been up on those little towers and stuff, yeah. and they might have gone up to cliffs to have a look out. They could have drawn it up as yeah, far as now. Yeah, they could do so. They find out that they see it. Well, I, I think we're in the, uh, I think we're in the, in the position of maybe a bit of a cover-up here, uh-huh. because what was said was the the RNLI said it received reports of significant movement in the water, but lifeguards were unable to formally identify the animal. It could be me again with that large movement in the yeah. water. <laughs> But beachgoer Steve Lutwich tweeted, I'm on the beach at Boscombe where the RNLI have had to red flag the beach due to a reported sighting of a shark. <sighs> so he's pretty sure it is. But then again, you know, they said that, that, that oh, right, so lifeguard crew patrolled the bay on a personal watercraft to try and spot it, wow. which is a boat. Yeah, <laughs> personal watercraft. Maybe it won. <laughs> but we do, we do get, um, we do get a lot, a lot of sharks. One well, biggest visitor to our sort of our shores is the basking shark, ah, right. which is the second biggest shark beneath, behind the whale shark. Wow! And they are truly massive. And when I were a kid uh, down in Cornwall, yeah. uh, I did see a basking shark washed ah, up. Right. Now very, very little, too young for you to remember. Yeah. There was a basking shark, and it just seemed impossibly long. It was massive. Wow, you probably remember it like Yeah, I can just remember seeing this on the beach, this long, long, long shark just wow. lived out. Wow, look at that thing, you know. Cool. We do get things like, we do get blue, I think it's blue sharks we get off our coast a lot. Yeah. We get a lot of things like paw beagle, which is like, it's like a paw beagle shark. <laughs> paw beagle? <laughs> yeah. And we get things like, we do get a lot of small sharks sort of thing. Yeah. But bigger sharks are off our waters, and they do patrol these colder waters off yeah. our, our shores and stuff. And there has been sightings of uh, great whites of ours. But um, a, a relation to the a great white is a Miko shark. Right. And they're all around our coast. Are they? Yeah, it's like a smaller version of the great white, and it's the fastest shark, is a Miko shark. Oh. Uh, and it sort of likes to hunt things like tuna and things like Tuna's that. Tuna's big, though, yeah, isn't it? I always thought they were quite, you know, size of tin or something, but they're absolutely fucking massive, aren't well, they? Well, the, the Miko shark, when that breaches the water, that can take off sort of like 20-odd feet into, uh, into air. It's can like it? massive. Yeah, it's an absolute beast. It's, yeah. It's amazing, how, how, how tall are they? How big are the feet? <laughs> <laughs> what size shoes do these sharks take? <laughs> 
I, you know, lengthwise, I'm not too sure. I, I know yeah. that I know they're big enough. That, I, they, don't, don't they have a pop at us then? No, 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 they're not really interested. I've heard we taste really gnarly in sea. You know what I mean? Like fish don't, you know, sea stuff don't really like the taste of I've human. heard something about that. Yeah. I, I think to a certain extent, it's. Um, I think they'll have a go. Yeah, I think most have their hungry out. If you have something like a tiger shark or something yeah. like that, it doesn't matter. Oh, what? <laughs> I love Another that Jaws reference there. <laughs> But yeah, so it's like, um, so, so I think they have spotted, I personally think they've spotted a, uh, a basking shark, because yeah. they like to come in land, into the bays, and against the shore. I get so worried though, in this kind of day and age, you know what I mean, I'm sure they could have like spotted it and not red flagged it. I don't know, I think, I mean the weird thing is about well, the language they use, I mean a large marine animal, I mean bloody hell fire, that's oh. more so scary than saying a shark in the yeah. water to me, you know, but I think it's, uh, I think they've... Uh, I think they're just wanting not to panic everyone and make yeah. sure that nobody goes home. And let's face it, all splashing around again 30 minutes later, these mm, lot. It's yeah. a summer season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Can't only for 24 hours. <laughs> it's like a week. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But then again, with, uh, with the changes to uh, the climate now, which, I mean, nobody can deny it. Anybody who turns around and says that there's climate he's, changes. He's real. really accelerated over the last two weeks. <laughs> well, to say that the entirety of Greece is on fire. <laughs> And there's more in it. Germany Italy. flooded. What about that bloke? They caught him setting fire all the day, didn't they? What? They got like, because they were thinking, why is it all burning? Like, we need to like put cameras everywhere and stuff and just see what's happening. Little Italian bloke like starting a massive fucking fire. Did you find out what he were up to? No, not at all. He's a farmer, so I don't know if he's going to help his crops or he's fucking with his mate or something. I don't know. Sounds like an arsehole. Yeah, That's what he's, no, he's got proper arrested. They're, they're going to string him up, apparently. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're really... Up. I, I mean, if this is it, I mean, that's the last thing we need at the moment is everything being on fire. Just... I always thought that with terrorists. I thought, why don't they just go around starting loads of fires? You know what I mean? It's like a good you know, way um, to like, be a terrorist, isn't it? Box of matches, there you go. I suppose it is quite easy to do that. Yeah. You have to get across yourself to those foreign countries that you don't yeah. like. like or America. even like Mars on a hot day. You could really do some damage I thought I just suppose there's a terror aspect is it when you're all stood around like at a tea room looking up going if you, you did it, if you did loads of it in a tea room eating bettys yeah that's <laughs> I mean, looking up at Mars they're all smoking I feel scared yeah I suppose it, it, it does sort of I don't I don't think it'd have that impact Mm. I think what you need, yeah, it would cause disruption. But I think what they need, they're, they're trying to make a statement out there. It's yeah, like yeah. if it's a war, you know, to sort of, sort of do, do a bin fire. <laughs> it's a big valley salt, you know. A bit soft, you see, a bit soft. I mean, you can't imagine as well going up a suicide vest in front of Ilkley Moor, setting yourself on fire. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> Don't it's, know. It's, it's been blown all over the shop at this terrorist. <laughs> But no, I think it's uh, yeah. You, I, you know, we with climate change being as it is, and all the signs being there now, sort of like say with fires and yeah. floods. And, I mean, what happened in Germany with the floods? There was absolutely it's mental, isn't it? Okay, yeah. So it's, it's, it's everywhere. But the what the thing is now, we are having um, marine creatures are sort of changing the tactics and coming around here. You know, yeah. things that we wouldn't normally see. But the thing is as well, we, we like we talk of the tuna. Did you know how big the tuna used to get off our shores? I think you mentioned that before, yeah. didn't you? On Massive, like sort of eight foot know. long tuna sort Jesus of thing. Jesus, But we had, we had uh, in Scarborough, they had uh, tuna fishing vessels going out hunting them. Wow. And rowing out to hunt the tuna sort of thing. And getting them with big spears. But they unfortunately just killed them all and ate them all. Which <laughs> caught tuna. We're rubbish, are we? so bad at stuff. <laughs> Well, at least so they didn't kill this thing in the water now. Yeah, did true, they? actually. They're just chucking grenades and dynamite at it. Yeah, there's something like going that. out with like a, like a shooter going out and firing <laughs> away at this poor marine creature. And that's survived. Nobody's got hurt, but it's just interesting to see we get new animals. No, I do like it. I love stuff yeah, like that. That's that's it. It. I just wish we'd know what it was. Yeah. It's mystery. Large animal. 
in the water. They ended up being a cow. <laughs> <laughs> move away from the sea for now right and what we can do is we're going to um, we're going to go underground i think oh, we very cool. rarely go underground i like that and we're not going down very far right we're yeah. all going right so there's a this is by lauren m johnson for cnn right and a homeowner in michigan found an unusual surprise when renovating his porch this is in norton shores right michigan i don't know why norton shores but it sounds nice does it yeah. i don't know you know he says before I smashed anything with a hammer, I was able to pull one of the cinder blocks on the side out and just take a peek underneath his house, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd have a little bit of a peek under there. And I saw a bunch of sand and half of a black and blue sphere. Whoa. And that's when I got intrigued and starting brushing off the sand, right? And realized it was a bowling ball. Cool, nice find. And he began to dig further into the sand and realized there wasn't just one ball under the stoop. Before he knew it, he had uncovered 15 bowling balls. <laughs> and since he had no idea how long the balls had been there, or how they got there, Olsen called the manufacturer of these bowling balls, Brunswick Bowling Products, to confirm that none of the material used to make the balls had turned toxic. So you got something wow. like a plastic in the ground for a while, and heat yeah. and age, it could start to de deteriorate. So he did the right thing there, you know. So Olsen said Brunswick confirmed that they were, they were clean, and had him take some pictures. And some balls had serial numbers and engravings that dated back to the 1950s. Oh. The same time frame in which Olsen's house was built. However, it's unclear when they were put under the home. All in all, Olsen pulled out 158 bowling balls oh, from his home. insane. There's I mean, someone been nicking him just like every time he went bowling, he took one off. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I, I think somebody's just a kleptomaniac has been going to the local bowling alley, bowling, said, all right, I'm having this one. Or maybe it's been a bit of a trip. A hundred times. I mean, I mean, it gets to the point where whoever had lost it, surely there's some sort of records from that bowling alley from back then going, they wouldn't have any bowling balls. Yeah, exactly. You know you had a problem. Yeah. But it's just mad. And he said that it may be just the beginning because surrounding the cement staircase is a patio made of paver blocks and a few were unlevel. So I took them out and underneath was more balls. Oh, that's madness. He says, I'm about 75% sure there are just as many balls in the ground as there are out, maybe even more. <laughs> so basically, he thinks there could be as many as 300 or oh, maybe 150. Oh, crazy. Because that is not an easy thing to shift either, is no, it? No, it's not. And I think, in a weird way, if you're out with your mates and nicking a bowling ball once in a while, I mean, I'd be quite funny. Or the, the big thing it used to be in the 80s, wasn't it, 70s and 80s, was nicking bowling shoes. All right. Because every bit of the style at the time for like two-tone movement, all that sort of stuff, <laughs> was to wear bowling shoes that were all part of it. You know, Scar and all this. Yeah, it was like, yeah. you know, everybody wanted bowling shoes. So they used to just go and pay shit train, <laughs> yeah. get some bowling shoes and just snuffle off out with them. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you could see, you know, see doing something like that. But once you got one bowling ball, or even two, or ten... Yeah. You know, then you're thinking, all right, it's, it's not a joke anymore, is it? You know, these storage problems as well. You've had to like open your porch up and start throwing them down. It's like, yeah. Oh. 
weird, isn't it? It is really weird. I'm just thinking maybe a, you know, a place closed and they said take what you want. Oh, like, that's you know not me. No, I'll sell these bowling balls. He's like gold, yeah. and he'd never be able to shift him, and he'd just become his problem. Well, I think I think things like that can happen, you know, and I think as well it's like um, they're all the same colour, so I presume they've come from the same premises, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, so maybe, I, and I also thought sometimes they might use, you know, you use um, any old stuff as landfill sometimes. Yeah. Right? So it's a big thing for using, like, tyres in buildings and right, bottles. Yeah. You can sort of cement and make a weird window using bottles. Yeah. But then I thought, well, maybe that's what they've used here. They just used a lot of bowling they balls. Did, yeah, yeah, yeah but, he doesn't seem like they've got any use or purpose. He's just had to get rid of these bowling balls somehow. That's fucked up, isn't it? What yeah. has he been doing? I don't know. Isn't it? And the thing is, that's the thing. I mean, I've looked into it. Nobody knows. Top mystery. <laughs> Who knows the mystery of the bowling ball? Nobody's uncovered anything about it. I think unless somebody comes forward and holds a hand up and says, I'm the bowling ball thief of 1950s sort of thing, you know, then... they be underground it. already, mate, with bowling balls. Maybe find him on there, go... Yeah, like a tomb. So, yeah, it's going to remain It's going to remain a mystery, is this, I think, unless mm. somebody comes forward. But I don't think they will. I think that's it. We're never going to find out. <laughs> yeah. I don't think the mystery of the bowling balls. Oh, got. two big mysteries, aren't we? Yeah. Oh. What's under the sea and what's under the ground? Yeah. We don't know none of these things. Balls. <laughs> <laughs> So now we've been to uh, been underground a little bit, been under the sea a little bit, right? And I think let's just travel, let's travel a little bit further. I cast my light out to uh, to somewhere which is a pretty nice place, which is Vienna. Ooh, that's lovely. Yeah, Vienna in yeah. Austria. But for some people, it isn't such a nice place at the moment, right? right? Because we're actually having a bit of a callback here. We're going, I'm going having a callback to the episode, a special episode we did on sonic weaponry. Oh yeah, yeah. So what's happened is now is that the Vienna is the new Havana syndrome hotspot. Jesus, it's happening again. Now it's a bit of a recap as to what uh, Havana syndrome was. It was um, during the I think during the eighties. Um, uh, the CIA diplomats in Havana and stuff like this, or any sort of like any people from the uh, from the embassy in, in Havana, suddenly started falling ill. They were, they were suffering from depression. There were blurred vision, headaches, nausea, and they were just and they're trying for ages to find out what this thing was, and they couldn't find out what it was. It was an absolute mystery in the area. And the, uh, first of all, the uh, the American government thought it was actually just like um, psychosomatic. The, the thought that there was something or another thing they thought was a sick building syndrome which is yeah. where things like fans and stuff like this can oscillate at a weird frequency and make people um, feel sick yeah, and just a mistake, just that right tempo yeah. and it's like but as it happens and a lot of these guys who were really really ill um, they gave them brain scans and they found they had similar trauma as if they'd had a head injury oh. actual proper damage to the brain tissue that's mad isn't it and that was in uh, that was in Havana. So, yeah. and what they realised then, or what they think was happening, is that um, the communist government in the area and around, you know, because it was Cuba, mm. uh, were using sonic weaponry of some sort to sort of damage the residents of these buildings. Yeah. So, as it happens, it's it's on again. Wow. This time in Vienna, and there are roughly two dozen possible new cases have been reported by the U.S. and its spies and diplomats in the Austrian capital but more than in any other city except Havana itself. Wow. Right? 
So this is um, this is by Adam Entus for a New Yorker magazine, mm -hmm. and he says, so since Joe Biden took office, about two dozen US intelligence officers, diplomats, and other government officials in Vienna have reported experiencing mysterious afflictions similar to the Havana syndrome. And US officials say that the number of possible new cases in the Austrian capital, long a nexus of US and Russian espionage, right? Mm. So it's like a hotspot in itself for these things going on. Yeah, yeah. Is now greater than the number reported by officials in the city, except for Havana itself. So the exact cause of the ailments in Vienna, which US government agencies formally refer to as an anomalous health incidence or unexplained health incidence, mm -hmm. and it remains unknown. But in response to the surge, the CIA, the State Department and other agencies are redoubling their efforts to determine the cause and to identify the culprit or culprits. A CIA spokesman said that the agency's director, William Burns, was personally engaged with personnel affected by anomalous health incidents and is highly committed to their care and to determine the cause of these incidents. So they're looking into it now at the moment, right? Mm -hmm. And again, as I said before, the MRI scans um, discovered on the, it's, they said it was equivalent to concussion without a concussion. So these are getting the same symptoms with yeah. head injuries? Yeah. yeah. Same, same stuff. Same stuff, right? So senior officials in the Trump and Biden administrations, because it's been going on sort of like yeah, crossover in there, yeah, suspect that the Russians are responsible for the syndrome. So it's the Ruskies are at it again, mm -hmm. right? So the working hypothesis is that their operatives working for the GRU, which is a uh, Russian military intelligence, right? Oh. So it's like equivalent their CIA, <laughs> you know, have uh, been aiming microwave radiation devices at US officials. Jesus. So basically been cooking their heads. My <laughs> God. And that's so dangerous is that kind of thing. Especially microwave weapons because um, they use like microwaves in a lot of radio signals. So like for, for example the front of a, a military aircraft yeah. the microwave sort of signals they use out the front of there can cook a chicken. God, you know what I mean? Like so, cooking your brain. Yes, yeah, so it's cooking people's brains. You know what I mean? It's killing <laughs> oh, you know. That's cool as shit. But the thing might be doing it um, to steal data from smartphones and computers. That's what I keep going back to right from other episodes. I think they're like the. I thought they were like listening into the. Um, you know, creating a beam and then yeah. they can listen into what they're saying. But yeah. that bit about just stealing data off stuff, that's yeah. that sounds really credible. And it might be the case that what they're doing is they're using these beams to sort of actually perhaps even control people's smartphones. Because yeah. if, you can, if you can fire a beam through a wall and suddenly turn somebody's smartphone on yeah. and it starts recording, you just hear everything they're saying. My God. Do yeah. things like that, you know what I mean? So what they're saying after the events in Cuba, where everything went, where they sort of went on, you know, a handful of potentially related cases involving CIA and State Department personnel emerged in other countries. One of them involved a CIA officer who, in 2017, woke up in a in a Moscow hotel room with severe vertigo. Wow. Right, and that is that's horrible. It's like you know, there've been cases in China, there've been cases all over the place. Right, in in June. 2019, two White House staffers reported Havana Syndrome-like episodes in a hotel room in London during a state visit by the then-president, Donald Trump. Oh, that does sound yeah. like they are listening in. Or... They're doing something, yeah. yeah These are one of the victims subsequently reported an incident outside her home in Virginia. So yeah. it's like it's, it's over places, it's happening all over the place now, you know. There's been other cases reported in Colombia, Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan, and other, other places as well, so it's, you know... But Vienna has long been a den of spies. Wow. The city is home to many large UN agencies, the organisation of the petroleum exporting countries, 
and the International Atomic Energy Agency, among other international bodies that employ officials from around the world who have access to information of interest to the US and foreign intelligence services. Spy town? Spy town. Cool. In addition to significant numbers of American, British, Chinese, French and Russian spies, <laughs> the Iranians, the Syrians and the North Koreans, among others, are believed to have operatives on the ground in Vienna. Yeah, baby. Right? And this is what's amazing. This amazes me. Traditionally, Austria's domestic security services have turned a blind eye to foreign <laughs> intelligence operations on, Aust yeah. on Austrian soil as long as those operations don't threaten Austrian interests. If you spy against other governments in Vienna, you're left alone. That's what everybody likes. Whoa. That's Excuse from me. Siegfried Beer, the founder of the Austrian <laughs> Centre for Intelligence, Propaganda and Security Studies located on the campus of the University of Graz. This is why when spies are detected, they disappear quickly. Whoa. So what they do, it's, it's, it could be the case that these guys just, just go away. Yeah, yeah. Some get assassinated. But, you know, yeah. it's not happening. with the, the Austrians aren't doing anything about it. Well, I think they'd have their hard push control in it, wouldn't you? You know what I mean? It seems there's that many at it. Well, it's easy because um, apparently US intelligence officers um, and those with families, they, they like to go out there, like assignments out there, right? Because the city's seen as safe, comfortable and an interesting place to live and work, <laughs> right? So our job is to try and get access to people and recruit them. John Seifer, who retired from the CIA in 2014 after a 28-year career in the National Clandestine Service, right, <laughs> which included serving in Moscow and running the CIA's Russia operations. And he says, Vienna is perfect. Everyone is there. It's a good living and it's good hunting. God. And you don't have to worry too much about getting caught. Now, with Vienna, have you ever seen the film The Third Man, Graham Greene film? I have, but I, I have, but I can't, I can't recall it at the moment. Yeah, I've heard another name so much. It's one of my favourite films, actually. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's too. really, really good. Uh, it, and in that, it was like uh, Austria was occupied by the Soviets, the Americans, the British, and the French after World War Two, right? right? So they actually had their own zones, yeah. which were cut up into sort of like into bunches. You know, you'd got the Russian zone, and and everybody was. Had to have like, like an almost like an uneasy truce between each yeah, other, yeah. and you know you could actually use, sort of evade sort of like bother and trouble in one zone by yeah. sort of skipping across into another, yeah. and those people then wouldn't touch you in that zone. God, it's got a long history of it. But what they were doing then, they were just having all those different zones were just spying on each other like <laughs> like mad. They were just in and out <laughs> of each other's stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. and they hoped it would constantly be. This almost like an open state where yeah. you could come and go and meet and you know spy and, and spy, yeah. So when the Cold War ended, Austrian neutrality remained formally in place. So it's always been neutral, never sort of like never stuck its head up above the parapet, right? And at times, Vienna's insistence on staying neutral, even in the face of blatant acts of aggression by Russian President Vladimir Putin and his intelligence services, became a source of frustration to Washington. One of those moments came in early 2018, when Trump's national security team tried to persuade the Austrians to join the British and other Europeans in expelling Russian spies to protest the GRU's attempted assassination in Britain of Sergei Skripal. Mm. Now, this is something that we're going to cover later on. I want to do like the Soviet assassination attempts. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've been, I'm doing a bit of research at the moment, right? And so a former Russian military intelligence officer who had been double agent for the UK's intelligence services, right? Um, oh, that's what Sergei Skripal was, you know, yeah. he was a double agent. So the Americans basically said, look, they're using your territory as a proving ground, right, to the Austrians. 
and they said this isn't our fight we've never had problems like this they're actually kind of nice to us that's what they said about the russians <laughs> i bet they're nice to you you're getting a tickle out of it now so later that same year putin attended the wedding of karin knaisel who at the time was austria's foreign minister the two were seen embracing and dancing together at the event. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see that dance, right? Happy in that. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and they, they believe that Putin himself has a vacation home on a lake somewhere in Austria. <sighs> so basically, these Austrians are backhanding. Backhanding again. It's all that sort of thing where they're just sort of like playing both lots in both sets. If it? I were a spy there, you know what I'd do with my phone? I put a nice ready meal next to it. You know Ooh, what I mean? That'd be nice. And it, it? it just warms up. You think someone's at me? So yeah, that's <laughs> it. So does it pings? <laughs> <laughs> then you could just gobble it up and roll yeah. off, don't you? <laughs> so this is it. So we've got, we've got. Uh, it looks like they're using these weapons. But if you think about it, though, they must somehow have got that weapon. I must be small enough. This radiation weapon, right, mm-hmm. to get into England, to get into all these other countries. Yeah. yeah. So they're obviously smuggling this machine, so I don't know what it looks like, whether it's yeah. the size of a briefcase, whether it's like a, the size of a handgun. It could look like something completely different. Because, it could yeah, look like yeah. an iPad, maybe. Yeah, it could be like out of M's workshop, couldn't it? Yeah, know? that's it. And, but these things look like they could be anywhere and everywhere. God. You could be getting, you know, eventually get your radiation cooked through the side of the bloody lighthouse. <laughs> your balls cooked solid, couldn't yeah, you, with that? Yeah, that's Jesus. it. You know, but Want them to go ping. It shows, though, really, that the uh, the Cold War's not died, has it? Oh, no, it's yeah. proper ripped up again now. Yeah, well, as long as it yeah. doesn't turn into a hot war, that's yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, true, you know, we don't want any of that, but, yeah, you know. Keep it chilly. Yeah, that's it. And, it's, and it is strange to think that all this money and effort and time was still yeah. going into sort of like us spying on them, them spying on us. And, you know, it shows. We haven't learned a goddamn thing. No, no. <laughs> Have we learned things? What do we, what do we know? Perhaps we know more than we're letting on. True. I wonder true. if, I, I wonder if I, um, uh, people are using weapons like that. I bet they are. I bet they're doing even worse, probably. I don't know. You don't do much worse than the Russians. They're really naughty boys, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> like I said before, they are kind of funny how naughty they are. Yeah. Well, let's, let's just pray that they never pay a visit to Kraken Cove no. and try and go. But these walls, I mean, they're like, like what, two and a half metres thick. So it's say, like. I ain't got a chance with our walls. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, it's bad enough getting Wi Fi, isn't it? <laughs> Yes, please. Yes. So this is um, this is well, it's from Wikipedia. But he was born in the 19th century. This guy, and he, he, he was heir to a peerage. So it could have been sort of like a like a, a title. It could be titled if he wanted to, <laughs> like a nice name. jetty. <laughs> so this is uh, an account of Mordek's story. It was detailed in Anomalies and Curiosities of Medicine. And I'm going to read you that account now. One of the weirdest, mm. as well as the most melancholy stories of human mm. deformity is that of Edward Mordake, said to have been heir to one of the noblest peerages in England. He never claimed the title, however, and committed suicide in his 23rd year. He lived in complete seclusion, refusing the visits even of the members of his own family. He was a young man of fine attainments, a profound scholar and a musician of rare ability. His figure was remarkable for its grace and his face, that is to say, his natural face, 
was that of Antinus, but upon the back of his head was another face. <gasps> that of a beautiful girl. And it was said to be lovely as a dream, hideous as a devil. Oh my god. The female face was a mere mask, occupying only a small portion of the posterior of the skull, yet exhibiting every sign of intelligence of a malignant sort, however. Oh. It would be seen to smile and sneer while Mordate was weeping. The eyes would follow the movements of the spectators and the lips would gibber without ceasing. Oh, Jesus wept. No voice was audible, but Mordake avers that he was kept from his rest at night by the hateful whispers of his devil twin, as he called it, which never sleeps but talks to me forever of such things as they only speak of in hell. Oh, Christ, that is so demonically evil. It's bad, isn't it? Oh. No imagination can conceive the dreadful temptation it sets before me. For some unforgiven wickedness of my forefathers, I am knit to this fiend, for a fiend it surely is. I beg and beseech you to crush it out of human semblance, even if I die for it. Such was the words of the hapless Mordake to Manvers and Treadwell, his physicians. And in spite of careful watching, he managed to procure poison. Whereof he died, leaving a letter requesting that the demon face might be destroyed before his burial, lest it continue its dreadful whisperings in my grave. Jesus Christ, I'm so nasty. Oh, beautiful and devil-like. No pictures. Oh, no, there was no pictures of it. No pictures oh, of it. Oh my God, what is that? There was um, a skull was found. With the face on both sides, jaws and everything, but it was found to be fake. It was, oh. it was, it was a thing. And the sad thing, well, with this story, it is thought of potentially as being a, uh, a fake, but we don't know. Oh, I love the idea that it's not though. Yeah. A beautiful, like sinister face to and sneering and watching, just watching and he's you, darting around watching. And they're you. not saying oh, but then whispering to him, just him on a night. Oh, trying to get to sleep, hell. and it's whispering all the oh. things that spoke of in hell. Oh, what do they speak about in hell? I don't know. It's really hot. <laughs> Oh, look, there's Jimmy Savile. <laughs> Get the pokers. Oh, God. I suppose it's possible, isn't it? You know oh, yeah. I mean? it's, 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 well, there's cases. I mean, if you think about... Um, uh, it's a chimera, isn't there? And that is... Um, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a mythical creature, the chimera. But yeah. in human form, that is where you have a twin within you. Yeah. Um, and... The and dark it, it's, it's, half. Yeah, it's the dark half of you. It's literally, you could be, you could have a chimera and not know about it. Uh-huh. But you could be technically be half one person, half another. Christ. You, you, you actually just melded with your twin in the in the uh, womb and just took over it. Christ. Yeah, and you do find people with um, chimeras where they're, uh, you know, they'll pull up the shirt and they've got like a face in the belly and like teeth oh, and stuff like this. It's like total recall, dude. Yeah, it's <laughs> a bit like that. It's horrible. Some of them more advanced than others, and some of them are quite. I tell you what, I tell them, get straight at me and tell them, fuck you. Fucking eyes out! You keep whispering. <laughs> I'd chop your fucking lips off. <laughs> I know that's it. Imagine it. Oh, what? What it must look like? Oh no, it's so so hideously fucking nightmarish, isn't I it? No, so I thought it would be like an elephant man story or something. Like lovely, that. lovely as a dream, hideous as a devil. Oh. <laughs>
Oh, no, it's a weird so sister. So there is a chance it could be uh, it could be just a story, that. I mean, I think the person who wrote it originally, or the account was made, was it was first, I think it was the first one was found in an 1895 article in the Boston Sp Post, authored by a, a writer called Charles Lowton Hildreth. Well, I think it's true, but he's a dirty bastard and make a story about that. <laughs> Well, I like to think it was potentially true, but then again, do it. Do we want it to be in there? Yeah, I kind of do because I just think, oh, that's so hideously bad. It oh, scares me. I kind of like the feeling of that. Yeah. It's just terrifying. It is terrifying, you know. So poor old Edward Mordred. Mordred. Yeah. We had more. soul, pal. Yeah. I hope they chopped it off if they did bury him. Oh, God. Apparently they did. He was, um, and afterwards it said that his own request he was interred in a waste place without stone or legend to mark his grave. God. See, he, he considers himself so cursed, and of course, a suicide back in that time. You yeah, were, you were basically you weren't allowed in graveyards or anything like that. Yeah. You were interred. He had one in the graveyard. Is it like you know, the robbers and people who got hung and suicides were yeah. one side of a you know, like the east yeah. side um, of it? Yeah, so. or the unconsecrated ground or something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? So. That is the legend of Edward Mordake. Wowzers. <laughs> We used to sort of cast in our light in various directions. I'm going to do a casting first. Ooh. We are going to cast the light into the quantum realm. The quantum realm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're leaping and we're doing a quantum leap. A little bit like this, because this this is this is obviously going to baffle you. <laughs> it's baffling me. <laughs> right? All right, cheers. And this is a well, it, it, it kind of is because it's like Victor Tangerman of a fucking Tangerman. We've had him before. Yeah, we have had Victor Tangerman <laughs> on before. We had Tangerman. Yeah. <laughs> But it was also, this is a story from, um, as reported as well by a new scientist, by our friend, friend of the show, Matthew Sparks. Oh, cool, yeah, yeah. So, so thanks again for that, Matt. Really, really interesting. But this is a story I, I could have access to for free. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. Can't afford a subscription right now. No one like housekeeper's wages. Time to add, dude. I should I should start buying the magazine. I'd quite like the magazine. New I'll scientist. steal it for you if you want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I know somebody in town can organise it. <laughs> but that's what got us in this trouble in the first place. Oh, yeah, they yeah. have sweet shops and stuff. <laughs> anyway, what the headline for this right, is mind-bending. Google claims it's created a time crystal inside a quantum computer. I love, yeah, quantum computers. This, this shit's wild, isn't it? Yeah. A time crystal. <laughs> a time crystal. <laughs> In what could prove to be a momentous accomplishment for fundamental physics and quantum physics, scientists say they finally figured out how to manufacture a scientific oddity called a time crystal. <laughs> time crystals harness a quirk of physics in which they remain ever-changing, yet dynamically stable. So in other words, they don't give off energy as they change conformation. So they're changing and altering, which takes yeah. energy, which should burn energy up, and it's not doing. 
it's staying in a like, in, a, in a, a, a state where it is never shedding any energy. And it's just storing it up, or just taking energy. No, I think it's it's just it's stored the energy that it has. It never, you know, like everything's got like a, a half life sort of thing. I don't know if you know about like you know, like radioactive half half life, or we even like we are technically I suppose we shed atoms and stuff till we because all oh, right, yeah, yeah, because yeah, the. Uh, uh, the the natural law is that all things gradually turn towards entropy and disorder. Yeah. So there's nothing that stays in a perfect, unaltered or unaltering state. And if it is altering and changing, it is um, giving off energy. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. But this yeah. isn't. The time wow. crystal isn't. It's moving and changing and doing something. And they don't know what, but it's <laughs> like, you know. So the study co-author, right, which is Roderick Mosner, right, and he's the uh, Max Planck Institute of the Physics of Complex Systems director. So he's a big, big cheese as this guy. He says, the consequence is amazing. You evade the second law of thermodynamics, right? So this research basically means they ex- that experts believe they've figured out how to bring time crystals from theoretical abstraction, so just like an idea, yeah. a realm they've existed in since first being conceptualized about a decade ago, into tangible reality. And the researchers behind the new papers have experimentally demonstrated a time crystal for the first time, giving them a leg up on the many past attempts in the field. And they note that many researchers have claimed to create or study or observe the first time crystal, including a group of scientists who shared a similarly unverified study in early June. Now, the thing is with these, I, I'm not a person who can actually sort of tell you what use a time crystal will be, you know. Yeah. I actually do stu- struggle to understand what a quantum computer is. I did a bit of research on it and it fucked my brain. Yeah. It, I did it in one bit of it. They're going into another dimension to use their quantum computer, and that's how they're so powerful. So what it is instead of like you know like the way that ordinary computers work. I mean we we use um, bits now. We use these like the, some of the processes in some of the tiniest computers are almost atom size. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. So, and we think well that's we've got to the point where everything is so small now. That's yeah. as small as anything you get. But they're going into the subatomic level now, and what they're doing is. Uh, ordinary computers use bits, right? Which is either one or a zero. That's it. Yeah, binary. it's on or off, in it. Yes yeah. or no. And imagine what they say here is to illustrate the difference. What you need to what between a bit and a quantum bit is, uh, is you have to imagine a sphere. So a bit can be either at, uh, at either of the two poles of the sphere, mm-hmm. zero or one. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But a qubit or a quantum bit can exist at any point on the sphere. Yeah. So it has almost like unlimited range where it can be. It doesn't have to be one or zero. Yeah. It has everything. It's, it's both at the same time, isn't it? That's yeah. how I could have read it. Well, well, as well, they've actually got, in China, they've got two quantum computers where they're working in perfect synergy with each other at other ends of the country, thousands yeah. of miles apart, two computers. And they're not like programmed to be... It's basically the atoms that they're using in it yeah. are talking directly and they don't know how yeah. at the exact same time <laughs> so there's no difference there's no delay there's no lag yeah, yeah. so if you think about communication like we have a delay say like sending something out I don't into space if you these two there could be an infinite distance apart these two computers mm-hmm. so basically you could have one of these computers on Mars yeah. one here and those two quantum bits or qubits would be talking to each other at the exact same moment. Well that's why I think when it goes really funky about those parallel universes saying that that's what's tapping into it. It's crossing 
parallel universes yeah, yeah. as well. They're not, they're not saying it is, but they're saying that it's fully possible that it could be. It's just like, wow. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so I mean, these things now they're starting to make and create and tap into, you know, like, say, like with um, time crystals or sort of like yeah. cubics and all this sort of thing. We're, we're, we're at a very exciting time where things could go very strange very quick it is yeah I reckon so I mean as I said in, in the article in a different part of that article saying like 50 years ago the, the computers that they had then yeah. weren't anywhere near as powerful as like you know, like an Apple watch yeah yeah. and so you got a piece of tech that you can wear on your wrist which has the power then it would have taken an entire room to fill yeah. for that you know so where's the next the only place is down it's like Ant-Man the only thing, place we've got is shrinking reducing going down to atomic levels of anything yeah. but it could be the case that he doesn't even have to go there, as you said before. If it is tapping into a quantum realm, if there is another quantum realm, which we kind of here at Crack and Cove kind of believe in other realms yeah, and things, yeah. it could be that that thing is there, the computer, and, it, it, and for it, all that computing power could be here, we tap into it here, <laughs> yeah, without anything physical actually being there. Yeah, yeah. So, but I read was like one dimension's got one computer. And then there's an infinite amount of different, you know, like one's got one, one's got like a whole world of them quantum computers, yeah. you know what I mean? It goes that wildly acceleration of what they're getting back from it. Yeah. It's just mind blowing. It, but it's what they can figure out, those quantum computers, it's just that. It's, and, it, and the thing is, as well, if, if there is a quantum computer in another realm, are the people in that realm aware that we're tapping into their computers? Exactly, in one realm, yeah, in another realm, no. You know what I mean? It's well, the infinite. It's infinite. Yeah. Oh, this is mind bending, it is, isn't it? It's one of the messages I'm like, show me 4D porn. <laughs> 4D porn? <laughs> Big alien knockers or something. <laughs> All nine of them. <laughs> That's what people want, don't they? That's it. How weird. You can touch them with your mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that is, that is literally mind-bending, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah. It's really, I love that kind of idea, though, because it's just that, it, when it goes infinite, you're just like, that's ridiculous. Well, I, I, need, I need to see what a time crystal looks like now. I need to wait and see what the, the uh, boffins at the Max Planck <laughs> Institute are going to do. I want to chip a bit off and smoke it. <laughs> time crystal. He's hooked on time crystals. <laughs> He's got a 4D head, man. <laughs> We've been down in somebody's basement before, haven't we? We've seen a bunch of bowling balls, right? Aye. But there's, um, have you heard about this uh, German pensioner? We've got down at New Is. <laughs> no. Oh, the German sellers haven't got the best uh, rep, have they? <laughs> so lawyers in Germany are wrangling over how to deal with a pensioner who stored a World War II tank, an anti aircraft gun, and a torpedo in his basement. <laughs> <laughs> how big's a basement? That's stupid. Exactly, right? So the items were removed from the house in the northern town of Heikendorf in 2015 with the help of the army. They had to get all this stuff out, you yeah, know. Yeah. So prosecutors and defence lawyers are now negotiating possible penalties, including a suspended sentence and a fine of up to half a million euros. Wow. So the defendant, aged 84, must also find new homes for his monumental items. According to his lawyers, a US museum is interested in purchasing the Panther tank. Wow, I bet. Yeah. So, but... 
Um, I looked a little bit more into this guy and what he'd done, right? And it's not just those bits and bats of things. He has, I think it's 150,000 rounds of ammunition down there. Jesus. He has machine guns, pistols, the weaponry he has in, in his, like a personal arsenal. He's enormous. <laughs> and But he wasn't shy about this tank. Yeah. Apparently he's had some really bad weather a bit back, and he was just it, it, nobody could get around next to him, and he's chugging around in his tank in the snow. He's had the right old time of it, right? This old guy, you know. Everybody kind of knew about it, but what they were worried about, what they thought they'd find in this cellar, was I'm Frank. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my god! Really old down there. <laughs> the skeleton. <laughs> they thought they were going to find uh, stolen Nazi art and treasure. Wow! Yeah, and that's what they, that's what they raided the premises for. Yeah, this what guy have you really got. Yeah, and the, the, then they found out what he actually had, which in a weird, weird way is even worse. Now the issue you've got is with Germany; they've got super, super strict laws about holding armaments and armor <laughs> yeah, and things like yeah. this for obvious reasons after World War Two. <laughs> and so the idea of actually having all this stuff yeah, is goes against. Goes against, yeah, it goes, goes against, against all the, those, um, all those strict rules, you yeah, know. Yeah. But like, they eventually, I know what they have charged. The, 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 um, he's got two hundred fifty thousand euro fine. That's what they've eventually wow. given him, you know. But I just think, where the fuck you got it all, mate? Yeah. You know? What's his second name? They need to look into that a bit. Who worrying? What? Adolf. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Adolf H. <laughs> to protect his identity. You know? <laughs> he's great little Tash. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the, I think they have looked into him. They claim he's just a. Business, quote unquote businessman, yeah, yeah. but um, it turns out this tank was actually put up for sale in America, right. and it was in a sorry state. Apparently, apparently all the site they had holes cut out the side. They had the, um, the, the the cannon had been sawn off. Oh, it was in it was in a fucked up state, right? And this guy bought it yeah. for quite a lot of money. Still, you know what I mean? And he had it fully renovated. Wow! So Com- this tank, combat dealers, yeah, so he, he, he's just isn't he, he? He didn't he didn't do so any half measures on. It looks like he might have spent half a million quid doing it up. Wow! He had the engine stripped down by specialists and rebuilt for about eighty five thousand oh, euros. Proper loves the war. <laughs> yeah, proper loves the war. And he's cl- claims he's not a neo Nazi of any kind. Mm. He's not a Nazi. He's not a, 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 an extremist. He's just really, really interested in the weaponry of World War II. <laughs> Which is fascinating. Even I watched that bloody combat dealers. I love it, you know. Oh, is it a show that? And he's seen it's ace, man. This cockney dude and his mate, he's got like two twins that build stuff and renovate stuff. Then he's got like a buyer, then he's got like this marine nutter who knows his guns. Yeah. And they just go around <laughs> Europe, you know, like buying loads of stuff and selling it on. Like computer games firms want to scan a pansy, you know what I mean? He'll get him a pansy, you know what I mean? He'll get him wow. out. This dude, he's, he's hardcore because he knows all dealerships in Europe and stuff and he goes around Amazing. and there's such big collectors you know because as a kid you grow up and you, you just know there's a field that's full of muddy tanks and, and through the life they dig them all up and really? they go, yeah, got, you go to some places these warehouses that these people own it's just incredible what they've got man it's really I interesting I think it is fascinating I think it is super super fascinating but I think you know there's a difference between fa- being fascinated by it and getting into it and then actually buying a tank and doing it up in your cellar. Yeah, yeah, all those <laughs> rounds of live ammunition. Uh, well, that, that's the other thing, mm. I think. And as well, it sounds like he's got plenty of pork. He's got lots of money, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah. So he's obviously the kind of guy who's got tons and tons of money and just thinks he can do what he wants. Yeah. And I kind of resent that because if I had a tank, I'd be getting sold off. Yeah, it's true. And he's like burning round corners. Yeah. 
burning around the cove on it. You know, so like he's been brought to justice. But I think yeah. the thing is now selling his collection of it's an absolutely perfect edition of a World War Two Panzer, yeah. which was, as they say, a lot of people going about the Tiger tank being absolutely yeah. incredible, which it was. A pa- what? <laughs> <laughs> the Panzer was the best tank in World War Two. Wow, well, right. Yeah, that was yeah. the tank that just could do everything, yeah. and they could modify it to do loads of different things, like they could like flamethrowers and different cannons yeah. and machine guns. It did seem scared because it was one of them run yeah. when you saw them, wasn't it? A tiger yeah, the Panzer was it, yeah, it was yeah. a one bit. Well, the Tiger was so much bigger. Yeah. The problem with the Tiger tank is its, it's size went against it too much. Yeah. Super, super powerful, very, very terrifying. Yeah. But its size went against it, whereas, like, you know, Panther's the perfect size, it was the Panzer. Yeah. So, but yeah, so he's, he hasn't got one anymore, but I think he'll get a lot of money for it because he said he sold it to, possibly sell it to an American collector. So. <laughs> They're fine with it in America, yeah, so are they? You know what I mean? No, that's tank? it, yeah, yeah they just drive it out. Good old mad America. <laughs> I'm weary for the springtime when we take the road once more for the planting and the pearling and the berry fields of where we'll meet up with our kinfolk from all the world around when the gang of bird folk take the road and yellows on the broom. When yellows on the broom, when yellows on the broom, and I'll get you on the road again. When yellows on the broom. Now we've um, got a couple of little interesting ones for you. You know, it's these these stories of. I'm going to have to come in with an apology first of all because if you remember Deborah who did our um, spooky special sort of thing yeah. you know, and she saw like a beast oh, uh, yeah. on, the side, on the side of the road sort of thing yeah, you know? yeah. and um, I found a website so I've linked through her I've not been able to refine it so oh, I can't nuts. quote it but for next week I'm going to try and get the quote out so it's apology to everyone involved in that yeah, yeah. Um, but it was, it, was an, it was almost like what it was it had, it had like a Google map on it yeah. And on the maps, you could focus in on all these different incidents. Oh, and wow. what you could do, you could press on the incident and it'd tell you the story oh, like on a sidebar. Oh, it local stuff as well? Oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> you know, so it's like... Oh, i find it, Arky, I'm yeah. going to find it again, but I thought to myself, it's just too good. So I can't, this is why I'm a, it's a little bit naughty in a weird way. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm thanking Debs, because I know she's involved with it. Yeah, cheers, uh, Debs. Uh, and... Um, I think it's more important is to get these stories out there. Yeah, and what we'll yeah. do is I'm going to find that website. If it bloody kills me. I've not been able to refind it again now. So, um, but I will get that quote out there, and I'll try and put it on the reader, on the on the listeners' notes and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. I'll do that, and so it'll be out on our social medias and stuff. But big um, shout outs when you get yeah. it. Yeah. But there was two stories on there which I thought were, were quite spectacular. So I've downloaded them. I'm going to read them out because it's a you know they weren't actually attributed to a single person. As in one person didn't just sort of yeah, you know, yeah. or they, they they allowed their first name. That's that's why I should put this right. So this is a sighting from 1998, and it's called the creature of Bramham or Boston Spa. Right, Ooh, so it's that sort of area. Yeah, right? And this was seen by a guy called Ian, and he says it's taken me a long time to come forward with what happened to me that day but I, I feel I'm ready to finally tell it all. It happened years ago in the month of October back in 98. Myself and my family lived in a rural area of Yorkshire in a village called Bramham. It's more of a rural area with lots of farms, quarries and some rivers and streams. I liked to walk my dog around the lanes and tracks when I'd finished work in the evening as it was a way for me to wind down and get some air. On that particular evening, I'm out walking with my dog down a long farm track, a route we often take. And it was early evening, so it was about 8pm, and it had gotten dark. 
Myself and the dog are just walking along, and I let the dog off the lead so we could have a run as we were about half a mile up the single farm trap by then. And there was no animals or people around, so I let him have a bit of a sniff round. And as I walked, the dog was just doing his own thing, and it was quiet with no sign of anyone around. And I was enjoying the walk, and the hedges on both sides of the track the whole way, so it's hard to see clearly into the fields, and there's some woods to one side of me. As we walked even further along the track, the dog suddenly stops. He freezes and looks up the track in the direction we are walking. He must be aware of something up there, as he starts to growling and acting all strange. His hackles are up and he growls continuously. And at that point I'm thinking it must be a fox, which is the way he's acted before when he's come across one. So I'm looking at the track and trying to see a fox and I can't see anything anywhere. No fox, no cat or any animal around. And I can see how worked up he is and he now is going mad and starts barking loudly. And I'd carried on walking so by this point he was a short way behind me. So I turned to the dog to try and calm him but he won't stop. If anything he's getting worse. Something has really spooked him, so I turned to look up the track and I couldn't believe my eyes. Standing there looking at us was this thing. A massive creature was standing there looking back at our direction. It must have walked between eight to nine footsteps out into the field track before I had seen it and now I can see it clearly and it can see us. And at this point I'm in complete shock at what, was, what I was seeing and I kept thinking it can't be real. I honestly don't think my brain could process what I was seeing because standing there in the track was a huge creature of some kind. It was massively built and was about five foot wide across the shoulders and eight feet tall. Oh my word. I couldn't make out any facial features as the face was in shadow, but I could make out that it was covered in hair. It was standing about 30 meters from me so I could see it clearly, but I could not make out any features even from that distance. It made no sound, and I never smelt or heard anything. And to my disbelief, at that moment the dog ran straight towards it barking, but the dog stopped about 15 metres away from it, and he was clearly scared and just didn't know how to react. He had completely forgotten about me, and that's a first for my dog. Usually he would put my needs first, and maybe that's what he was doing as he was by now in between me and this creature. Yeah. I could tell I was the last thing on the dog, dog's mind at that point. He was barked a few more times, then he turns and runs straight past me and back the farm track to safety the way we'd come before, right? <laughs> it's just bolts. It's legged it, right? <laughs> and the whole incident only lasted seconds, and I was just standing there paralysed and trying to process what I'd just seen. I must have been in shock, because what I did next, I did without conscious thought, and I can't explain why I did it. But I stood there looking at this creature, and I nod my head quickly and I say, all right, do it. Then <laughs> <laughs> I just calmly turned around and started walking back down the field track after my dog, all the time listening for this creature coming behind me, and I was completely shitting myself. <laughs> <laughs> I think I acted without thinking as I never looked back at the track until I got to the dog and I couldn't see anything in the field anymore when I did. I didn't report this for years and years until other people came forward in secret and started sharing their accounts online with each other. I had no idea what a Bigfoot was back then, but now, years on from seeing them online, I can say without doubt it looked like it was an exact match. The creature in question was a similar shape to the usual Sasquatch shape that you see. Tall, broad shoulders, huge chest, and it was hairy. 
the face in shadow, so no features were seen. Now the witness said he realised now that the creature did look left into the tree line. It looked to the left very sharply as if trying to hide the movement, which made me wonder whether it was a group of another creatures trying to back into the trees and the one individual Ian had spotted was caught out in the field alone. Yeah, just like that subconscious, you know, like a bit of a nod, like fucking hell, there's a dude out here, you know, yeah. and get back in shadows, I'll just walk, like weirdly Yeah, off. that's it, and he's, he, he might even be the case, like he's letting the others get away or something yeah, like that, you yeah. know what I mean? On point, in in a way. But the fact he turned around went, all right, <laughs> <laughs> that. that's the kind of thing you probably would do. And that's even what I'm the, thinking. And even that determination, like, right, I'm gonna just walk and just be normal. And this weird, you know, I bet you could probably do it in war. Even really weird stuff. Where you just think I need to survive. I just need to do something normal to get out of this abnormal yeah. situation. But time and again, I mean, I've, uh, on that particular site that I'm talking about, the amount of odd sightings, sounds, smells, people see something. Yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, mad howling in the wilderness, sort of like oh, uh, dead of night, people are seeing. Um, footprints there's, there's so much more people are seeing now yeah, these things yeah. because again with the internet it has allowed people to share their experiences yeah, you yeah. Know? those embarrassed like he says you're not going to talk about it on your own but you will talk about it to people who've had that experience as Absolutely, well yeah. and you need to you need to get it out that secret you've had yeah. that, that thing you like am I mad or did I hallucinate or did I see so I, I think there with that one you know it's, I think that's the case I think he's he's, you know, he's obviously seen something you wouldn't just yeah. come up and, and sort of say oh well I've seen this it was 8 feet tall 5 feet wide I couldn't see it you, you wouldn't just come out with that why well, put it like this as well because I'll tell you about my moon trip I went on a few years ago thinking right I didn't think I went to the moon I went on a big journey and I'm like oh my god they went on the moon you yeah, know what yeah. I mean I did run on the, the Bigfoot you know the one um, oh, what's the name it's kind of called the, the big um, sighting the, the film movie. thank you the yeah. Patterson they actually call her something because it were a female it had boobs didn't yeah, it big swing <laughs> But we're on about it, we're not lads on pier. He kind of came up with it, and I thought that's a perfect way to say it, really. It was like some some alien eased a shotgun up to your butthole, you know what I mean? And he said, Right, I know the answer to this question, yeah. but was that real in that video? Yes or no? You're not a shotgun up your no, butthole. But if you get it wrong, it's going to blow you to pieces. It's life or death. Was there something real in that? Was that Bigfoot real in that video? And I say yes. You know, if oh, were, I don't. if I have my life on the line, and really, they, and they were high in, higher intelligence that knew the answer. Yeah, know, um, I would say that were real. If you go in, have you gone into the slow mo uh, studies of that video? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the slow down one with the the track. You know, instead of it being a jerky camera, they've done all sorts of scientific stuff okay. with that. And the muscle movement, it's the muscle movement on that beast, you know, when it's walking, cannot be fucking faked. You cannot oh, do it I'm in so man. Because sure I, 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 th I thought that actually found the guy who made the costume. No, that's a load of bullshit. That's just basically someone trying to profiteer off another. You know, there's, oh, right. there's two people on that journey, you know yeah. what I mean? But one side of that, you know. Um, that side and they tried to profiteer off it you know what I mean yeah because um, I think they were, they were up there wanting to nearly fake stuff you know because they, they've heard rumours of stuff up there you know yeah. there were bits and pieces but whatever if you take everything away from that story and just look at the video evidence of that story that thing was real well I mean, I mean do you know I'll, I'll keep an open mind in that yeah. case I think what I'll do is I'll, I will say sort of like you know that's the uh, I'll have a look at the Patterson movie and get back alien shot your butt off already alien yeah. shot your butt off <laughs> 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 what aliens do with a shotgun? <laughs> the many they can do all can't the aliens. Well, bring aliens out of it. You need to go on YouTube and have a little deep dive onto that big footwork again because that were real. And I think the one 
um, on the ring road were real, and I think that dude's talking about something real. There's something real, I think they've all had a witness, haven't they? Yeah, you know what I mean? big, so, big foot's well, what I'm going to do, I'm going to leave it at that one story for today, because yeah. it's like, time's ticking on, our kids. Is it, already? Right? Yeah. Oh, was that, that was it? Right? <laughs> that was it already? <laughs> yeah, it's that time already. It was that time already. <laughs> I have got another story, but it's, I think it's quite a long one. Yeah. And I think what we, we should do is we should look at this, uh, this next one a little bit deeper. Maybe what I can do is if I find that site, maybe we do something off that site every week. Yeah, every week. like that. Yeah. So I'm going to save that story Big for tease. <laughs> yeah. Keep us on the hook. Yeah, well, this next one is brilliant. Is it? Yeah, 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 it's really, really good. I like but I, I like. I don't want to rush it. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. And yeah. I think it's. Uh, I think what we can do, we can round off with this today. I mean, it's, so much to look forward to. So much to look forward to. So yeah. you've got another story from that site. Hopefully, I'll have all the information for you, and we'll see what we can do. We even have to get in touch with Debs herself to let yeah, us know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So if you do listen to this, Debs, give us a quick email, will you? <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Debs. So just for me to say, it's a big goodbye from Matt. It's a big goodbye from Benny. Take care, guys. See you guys. There are three ways you may contact Kraken Coles. Either by email at podcast at gmail.com on Twitter at KrakenColes or Instagram at KrakenColesPod. Ha ha!